Hi, I'm Michael Etchens from Excess. Thank you very much for coming backstage with Access All Areas, okay? Hope you have a good time. Welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Inexcess Access All Areas, episode 93 for the podcast that aims to dive deep on this legendary band, get them into the Hall of Fame, have a lot of fun with new and existing patrons and members all about the career of Inexcess. Hello, B. I'm calling you from Manly, Sydney Town, the home of Inexcess. How are, are you? you? I didn't know you were in Manly. I can see that I'm you're in Manly. In, I can see you're in a big shed in Manly. I'm in a warehouse in Manly, by the way. <laughs> so I, I, I feel like I'm with at Clemo's old warehouse where the boys uh, did their uh, recording days. Oh, funny enough, I've just been speaking to somebody in Manly to do with the podcast. I'll tell you about that uh-huh. later. Was that, mm. was that Curtis? Oh, you saw my email backwards and forwards then, yeah? I had a psychic moment. Was I correct? You were. All right, okay. No, I did see the email. <laughs> <laughs> nice man. So what were we going to talk about? Yes. Oh, well, first of all, I was going to say, well done to you. Well done to us. You know, well done to everybody. Uh, oh, yeah, the team. Yeah, go well, team. Well done to the whole back-end team. But most of all, thank you to listeners who helped us clock over 60,000 downloads. And I think at the time of recording, beat 60,200 and something. So yeah. uh, we're racing to 61 and, and beyond. And um, as Pedro nicely said, uh, 100,000, here we come. So thank <laughs> you to everybody who's uh, listened to us either historically, recently, uh, since the start, or has just joined in. We hope that you enjoy. And uh, we're very excited by this next seven days we're doing something very much we've never done before but we shall reveal in a moment thank you b i will take this moment to say thank you oh and thank you too i think you mentioned to me in the week that we've had a big influx of um uk listeners yeah absolutely and look as as i think we put on our facebook posts um you know nobody loves navel gazing as much as us um <laughs> no we 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 time you've got to celebrate the milestones acknowledge those who are all behind it and um i think uh yeah across the across the planet we seem to be going to new countries and new areas and through word of mouth so we, we hope that most of all we uh, entertain and inform that's our mantra all right but we always like to start things off B, by saying how has your in excess week been so uh, i'm always keen to know these things well Today has been huge. I spoke to, do you remember last week when I played you that lovely ballad um, of a new remix by um, a guy called Martin, I found out his name, of Michael. And there's the audience at the beginning and stuff. Anyway, I've been talking to this guy and he is a legend. He used to be the keyboard player of a tribute band in the UK and they were called Inex for um in for excess he now likes to remix music and he's put that together he would like us to do some collaboration and um do some more stuff with him later so that's exciting well Um, well have you told uh, him the most important thing that there is a 
two-spot opportunity in the West Midlands for a in excess cover band. That's <laughs> true, isn't it? Yeah, I must tell him about that. I haven't got around to tell him that, but I'm hoping to have a nice Zoom call with him. So hello to Martin Clark. And anything else sort of uh, in your wheelhouse this week? Uh, I do believe with a bit of name dropping, you've got a little bit of a, a thank you text from uh, Kirk. Yes. You know, I don't at all think there was an attempt to get into Media Wars. I think it was just heartfelt. Uh, <laughs> uh, 60,000 episode, uh, well, not episode, uh, downloads of episodes. Uh, thank you. So uh, we say thank you to Kirk for the thank you. Yes, that was really nice. It was really nice to get that today. So thank you, Kirk. And now for something completely different. I had my TikTok debut. You know, something you had your glasses on and off and things like that. Was it in excess related? I didn't put the audio there. I just uh, saw the. Do you need TikTok audio? Do you need the audio of TikTok? No, you're just going to turn your phone up, mate. So, yeah, my daughter was doing one and she showed me. I went, wow, that's easy. I've got envy. I'll do one of those. So, yeah, I've just clicked over 600 hits on that TikTok. So, I'm pretty proud of that. I don't care. I don't do the makeup. Don't do the. It, one take. Put it out there. <laughs> Look, I'm not I'm not too okay with TikTok or Instagram, other than say that uh, everybody can be a superstar if they want to these days. Do you know what? It was my first time I've ever done one. I probably won't do it again, but it was just a bit of fun. The On The Bus Tour is ramping up. I've had emails popping everywhere. I'm talking to film crews and all sorts of things. So today <laughs> has been quite wonderful. I, it's been um, moving on to one person from another. I've been speaking to Matey and I've been speaking to Darren and Curtis. Now recap a little bit. For those who are new to us, what is the On, bu- on The Bus Tour all about? The On The Bus Tour is going to be a celebration, a celebration of us and In Excess and what we have created and with our friends, our patrons. So we're all getting together. We've got um, a bus, uh, it's got 20 seats on it and it's filling up really quickly. It's like a birthday, isn't it? We turn two. Yes, we turn two, it's our anniversary. And we're committed to to the terrible twos, aren't we, the next 12 months? (laughs) We have, we have. Yeah. And we'll be touring the um, northern beaches of Sydney. Mm, yeah, speaking good. of Sydney, we did have a friend of the program on last week, part two of the Richard Clapton download. We know a lot of people downloaded that and also enjoyed the first one. Uh, again, I listened to it back because I've been you know, a couple of weeks since sort of recording. And I was really listening back as a fan of Richard and just hearing his stories and just his sense of humour and very giving. You know, I guess, mm. you know, you get guests on these things and, you know, some can be a bit more nervous or introspective. But, you know, Richard was such a, a giving guest and we just hope the listeners uh, who haven't uh, heard those episodes yet go back and check them out because there's lots of stuff. It's probably 60, 70% in excess related, probably 30% music and Richard related. But uh, he was a he was a great guest to have on. Yeah, I'd like to hear more back from the fans, actually, and what they thought of that episode. I haven't heard yep. too, too much, but I loved the the bit at the end when he said, I'll do the in excess. Uh, see ya! <laughs> <laughs> and good little montage of songs at the end, but what I'm the edit with that, that was great. So uh, you can go check Richard's own material out. You know, we love to promote Australian music and 
reveal these hidden gems of artists and bands that have come out of this little country down under. Well, it was yesterday, was the two, Tuesday, wasn't it? Mm. So it was the 22nd of the 2nd, 2002. I sort of manifested, you know, this community thing. And then I woke up this morning and um, three people had, yeah, been talking about the podcast in YouTube videos and podcasts. So thank you to all those people. We'll be posting those onto our Facebook page and linking them back. So thanks. Absolutely. And look, you know, part of our sort of uh, juggernaut has been the support of patrons. Uh, we have had some new patrons. The patrons actually upgrade, I believe, B. Yes. Uh, and that's been exciting. So over to you to welcome those and those who contribute. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Cameron Adams and Mary Woods. Big hello to our patrons, Sue D, Joe Robbins, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markram, Sarah Cameo, Dr. Jim, Katie, Felicia, Lisa Mack, Lisa Calloway, Anne-Marie, Susan P, happy birthday for the 25th, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Matt, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, Leon, David, Tracy, Paul Jolie, Paul Boozy, Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Stefan, Val, thank you for becoming a golden patron, Jim, Matey, Kelly, John, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Glenn, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Matthew, Leos, Lily, Jamie, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, uh, (laughs) Angie, Michael, Nancy and Juliet. Thank you, Juliet, for actually upgrading this week. So thank you. Welcome to the podcast. All I want is to sing it out loud. All right, Bill, you were a little bit happy there. Probably one of the more cheesy lyrics of all time. Thank you for the music, the songs you're bringing, giving, whatever. This particular episode is, is part one of a five in five, B. Okay? Oh, oh. An, an, ed, an editing uh, nightmare and a recording nightmare for us. However, we are, uh, over the next five days, giving five episodes. Now, the one we do today is a more of our traditional format. And we're going to be talking about the fantastic song, Burn For You, in 1984 off the Swing album. Uh, but what we're excited about is it's In Excess Celebration Week. And what we wanted to do is put out five episodes of five songs that represent some deep dives into turning points and pivotal moments in their career. The good thing about today's episode will be sort of the traditional format with our news in a moment and everything there. And we'll go through the Burn For You song in our topic. Throughout the, the probably Monday through to the Thursday, get four little lunchtime sort of nugget episodes of about 30 minutes of four other songs. So Monday, you'll get a certain song, Tuesday, another song, Wednesday, Thursday, etc. And there'll be a little 30 minute lunchtime buffet, subway snack of in excess songs as we deep dive because I guess the catalog is so vast, we might have to record. If we did justice to all these songs, we'd be recording when we're 95. <laughs> That's okay. I, I don't mind doing that. 
As long as you <laughs> can keep up. So every few months we're going to do sort of in excess celebration week, uh, song week, and we're going to sort of kick it off this week. So there will be a, a little bit of an opportunity for each and every one of you to dial in uh, wherever you are, 30 minutes, a little sort of snack episode for you, and we hope you enjoy them. And uh, we will be revealing each song the day before it's released on our platforms. Uh, but today we can announce, obviously, because we're recording It's Burned For You off the Swing album. Uh, a song that's grown in its sort of international stakes over, over time but it was generally an Australian hit in the early days. So looking forward to sharing that with you, B. Okay, bring it on. All right, what's the time for? It's time for the news. Hi, this is Sarah from Sydney. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas, and now it's time for the news. All right, B. Well, in Chart Watch this week, I have some great news to announce. We have had a massive climb from 38 in the charts to 37. <laughs> so, cheesily speaking, it's, it's, it's gone back up a spot. Always good to be going up rather than down. Sorry, I said that, ladies. But the key thing about this particular album is that it's 373 weeks in the Australian charts. <laughs> We're very excited by the progress of that. Also, in important news, gigs are opening up again, B. It feels like the feels like the planet and everybody's sort of getting on with things. I think in England this week, your prime minister said, okay, enough of changing lives. Okay. We're going to live with it now. No more bars, no more restrictions. Okay. We're all vaxxed up here in Australia. We are gradually coming out of these lockdowns and bans and, and cover acts are, are getting the conference to go out. So, a little bit of news. The Live Baby Live guys are in New South Wales on April the 9th, which is not that far away. They're going to be playing in Horton Park and also they're going to be playing on June 25th in the Blue Mountains up in Katoomba Way, where I spent a little bit of time in a past life. Also, too, the New Sensation guys have, uh, as I said, slipped over to Perth and uh, they're going to be playing at the Sterling Arms Hotel in Guildford on March the 18th. Uh, taking it up to the What You Need Perth guys. So a bit of a grudge match there, B. A bit of Zoolander yeah. face-off. A bit of a mm-hmm. concert-off, huh? Yeah. Also, I should say, down in Victoria, we have In Excessive, the very prominent band who've done many, many great gigs over time. They're going to be playing in uh, North Ballarat on March the 19th. Pretty exciting stuff on that behalf with you know, gigs happening. And there's obviously a few more of the bands around your region. So just always Google search and check things out because you just never know when... 25 cool in excess songs are going to be played, B. I've booked a table for the DYRSL to go and see the Don't Change Boys, and there's a couple of spots left. So if anybody wants to come and join me, message me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, in some other non related in excess news, uh, in Victoria, this particular last sort of seven to 10 days, there's been a big announcement with one of the bigger rock acts called the Foo Fighters. We mm-hmm. all know, are coming to regional Victoria, albeit it is in the place called Geelong, which is semi sort of, you know, regional, but more close to Melbourne. But uh, they're going to be playing at uh, the, state, the big footy stadium down there. Uh, and in about four weeks' time, I think, or five weeks' time. It's not far away. So You know uh, that's my team, don't you? Oh, well, you're claiming them and stuff like that, but I don't know if you really like them and stuff. You just like them because uh, Blair likes them. I've got the scarf. I've got the hat. I've got everything. What are you talking about? Do you who's know the, my team? I don't who's know. The, don't who's, know. The, who's the captain? Who's don't the captain? Know. Who's I the coach? No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right. The Food Fighters are part of a sort of a regeneration of Victorian sort of entertainment thing. So uh, I'm not a huge Food Fighter fan. Uh, Food Fighters fan. I, there's certain songs I like over time but uh, I really like Dave Grohl because he's, he's just sort of a, a good bloke you know I think uh, he's someone Australians relate to because uh, you know if you're a good bloke um, you generally get respect and uh, 
about uh, oh, 15 years ago, we had an unfortunate issue down in Tasmania in the Beaconsfield mines down there where a couple of guys got stuck in the mines for like seven to 10 days. Uh, they were able to get you know oxygen down to them and, and send some things down through various channels and stuff. But they were locked, you know, literally down there in a mine for seven days and uh, they survived by listening to Foo Fighters songs and other things like that. I so, it. yeah, and there's a song that came out in the next album called Ballad of the Beaconsfield Miners that, that Foo Fighters put out. So, Foo Fighters have a, could, a quite a strong connection to Australia and having known that Victoria itself, the state that I'm from, has gone through more lockdowns than any city in the world. In fact, they're coming down here to sort of instigate sort of like, you know, entertainment relaunch is uh, credit to them. So well done, Dave, and the band. Uh, a couple of little things just to announce. Uh, the Wikipedia in excess page, B. Mm. have you been on it lately? Yes. Okay, well, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I went through and read it all, and it's all been updated. Um, oh. Yeah. Now, part of the Wikipedia page is generally driven from the band or management or whatever, so someone has some control on it. But what's quite interesting is the stuff that's sort of opinion-related and a few different things there has been updated. It's just interesting when you read it from top to bottom, you'll know sort of what I mean, but there has been a bit of a rewriting of some facts and stories and things over the journey. So I found that quite interesting to read. Um it seems like every time I open it up, though, they've done 5 million more sales. <laughs> it's, it's saying they've sold 80 million records. Now, I, I'm, you know, I'm sitting on the fence here a bit. You know, four years ago, four and a half years ago, they had the big 50 million album party in Sydney, which Gary came out for and all the band, you know, walking around with their 50 million selling sort of uh, certifications and things or certifications. I don't think they've sold 30 million, you know, records or albums or whatever in the last five years. However, the downloadability now of streaming and stuff like that is capturing some sort of inclusion onto those chart figures. It's not just physical sales anymore. I think uh, Philip Mortlock sort of brought us up to speed with that. Mm. You know, maybe it's adding singles in or whatever. So I would love to think that maybe management or someone behind the scenes could probably educate us as to how these metrics are counted because nerds like me do love the fact the bands sell more, but I just I'm trying to understand where these 30 million have been calculated from in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that'd obviously be international all all around. So well, include, I think it's, could, it's physical sales and it's streaming. But I, yeah, again, I um, you know, and maybe you have to stream 11 songs to make one album. I, I'd just be interested to know the metrics. So if anyone mm. in our community know more about this than we do, we're very welcome to hear from you, or we may sort of use the services of Philip Mortlock to help us. <laughs> And the last thing that popped up on sort of one of the sort of the Google search engines is that, and again, this hasn't been highly publicized, so I want to do a bit of research on it. But given it's under the Apple Store, I'm quite intrigued. But it's showing that in, on the Apple sort of platforms that all the 10 in excess albums that fall under management and under sort of in excess petrol management, uh, etc., which I think, you know, the Switch album doesn't. I think when we spoke to Sam, you know, in excess management, we said, oh, well, we don't add the, you know, the Switch album on there. I asked her why, you know, at the time that we don't see the Switch album on the band's website. She said, well, we don't own the rights to it and whatever. There. And I think that might have been a Sony BMG album deal back in the day. And, and I think okay. uh, Sony bought out BMG. But anyway, catalog story short, um, 
on the Apple sort of uh, services and platforms, it's saying that all the NXS albums have been remastered. I'd just be curious to know the facts behind that because normally remastering involves someone coming in and actually doing the remastering. And we know that Mark Opitz hasn't done it. And I know Giles Martin, son of George, he's sort of worked on the kick stuff, but I don't think I've read anything that he's gone back and remastered, you know, Listen Like Thieves or Under the Colour. So I'm just questioning the remastered tag of that. So if anybody knows out there within our community about the accuracy or the bona fides of that, I'd be curious to know, you know, actuality behind that. So thought I'd just put a couple of those things out to our audience, B, because we do have a very learned community. Very interesting. Thank you. That's news. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. This is Ella from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to Inexus Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. All right, B, we're very excited to get into our uh, song deep dive, the first of five over the next five days. We're going to be talking about Burn For You, which was, uh, I guess, in Australia in 1984 as a young kid growing up. Uh, a very iconic uh, release. It was the third track of The Swing. A little bit of context before we go into our song deep dive, which we like to do. NXS had a massive album, which was The Swing, and was getting traction overseas in France and Argentina and America and a little bit interest in the UK. But they had uh, freshly had a number one hit with Original Sin some four or five months before. They had a number two hit uh, in Australia with uh, Send the Message, which went to number two. And somehow, chronologically and conveniently, Burn For You uh, in Australia B hit number three. Let me ask you, what was your first memory of this song? Do you have one or anything you can share? Not really. Um, I don't remember it too much when it was released because no. it was released before I got into In Excess. Yep. Watching the video for the first time, yeah, that took me straight to um, knowing more about Australia and their journey as well. So yep. I, I liked the um, video a lot, actually. Yeah. Really good. Mm. I think some international people uh, probably first got to understand it maybe as a uh, release when it was added to the uh, Live Abbey Live album. Uh, album. Uh, although, uh, as I said in sort of our blurb this week, when Inexcess released Kick, uh, and obviously, you know, prior to that, Listen Like Thieves, they had some massive runs in the US. And what was interesting was the swing album that had probably stiffed, you know, some sort of three, four years earlier in America, suddenly had a bit of a run on sales and went from, you know, three, four hundred thousand sales to about one and a half million. So a lot of people bought the swing on the back of kick. Mm -hmm. So I think Burn For You probably was something, as I said, became a bit more of a, uh, a listened track and appreciated track you know, some four or five years later after its original release. Cool. I'm really looking forward to uh, watching this video with you right yeah. now. Mm. Well, a couple of little things here, just a couple of bit of notes. Uh, only hit number 29 New Zealand, which was a bit surprising oh. given its proximity to Australia. Um, but the Kiwis aren't always known for the, the you know, accurate taste and everything. So sorry, Kiwi. <laughs> sorry, Kiwi fans. Um, a little bit of a dig there. I guess in terms of the video itself, you know, you did sort of mention we're keen to have a bit of a look at and talk about it today. But uh, it was the very first video directed by Richard Lowenstein. Uh, the, you know, I guess the famous history is that, you know, 
uh, Richard was rung up, you know, come up to uh, Queensland and this pasty sort of white, uh, pale-skinned Melbourneite was invited up by Michael and within sort of a week or two became best buddies. And the thing with the video, which is quite interesting, it, it's it's quite a, a nostalgic video that real, really resonates now. I, I actually just watched it. Uh, whilst uh, you were waiting for me to come and join you, because I wanted right. to, I wanted to live the experience one more time before I came <laughs> on and talked about it. But uh, it's quite quaint in the sense it starts off saying Mackay, thirty-five thousand people, and then Cairns, forty-eight thousand people, and then London, six, seven, eight, nine million people, whatever. But all of those cities and regions are probably three, four, five times larger now, some yeah. thirty-five years later. Yeah. Um, and they're and they're such bigger areas now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I actually would like when um, Richard comes on to um, tell us more about this part of his life with In Excess because I read a little article that he went up and he was like, oh, God, who is he? You know, yes, yes. And, and then Michael with his goofy smile and big yeah. smile come out and says, hello, mate. And then before you know it, they're best mates and they well, yeah, one of each mean, other a bit more. It's, it's interesting. Uh, there's a real Melbourne, Sydney sort of rival. I reckon more in those days than there is now, you know, yeah. because Australia was very provincial in the way it was set up and it's a very big country. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, Richard represents sort of the, the Melbourne punk, you know, alternative arty scene and uh, Michael's sort of the uh, the new wave, you know, northern beaches, suntanned, uh, who are these Sydney guys? <laughs> but, again, credit to Michael and his personality and his uh, likability that, you know, it was he the start. The yeah. yeah, it was the start of that very, very relationship. And um, I reckon that, uh, you know, Richard, you know, again, it was a turning point for him, which we look forward to hearing from. But uh, mm. I guess, B, uh, without further ado, we're going to put this song on and we're going to talk a little bit about it and we're going to pause at appropriate spots and just share some insights. first 30 seconds there is quite interesting it's uh it's quite a brooding sort of uh establishing part uh, to the song uh, somehow mirrored a bit later on in their career with the stairs where you know it's a very big intro without too much lyrics and and vocal at all and interestingly enough it's, i always love those sort of church bell type yeah. of sonics in the backdrop but it broods along a little bit but I guess, interestingly, B, uh, there was a song four years earlier that has a similar sound. Um, it's not a lift or anything like that, but it just has some similar sonics. And uh, we'll put that on for a moment and we'll talk about that after we come back. Okay. All 
Oh, wow. <laughs> a bit of heart of glass from Blondie there. And I think I may have seen a mashup somewhere on, online in the past. But, uh, uh, yeah, Blondie's is a little bit of a disco-y sort of thing there. But there's just a similarity. I don't think it's too obvious, although I heard one person on one of those fanzines that reckons it was a copy. But uh, just, it's just a similar sort of sound there. But um, yeah. let's go back to Burn For You and we'll have a listen from now. I get into the lyrics there. Um, what stood out for me a little bit there is just uh, the the drumming from John. You know, it sounds very sort of compressed drums and things. Uh, so the sound uh, is quite interesting from the Nick Lorne, the producer of the song. But it is a big sort of lead up there. And uh, I know in the clip there, uh, I love the way Michael claps the hands in sync with the drums before he just gets into the it's no use pretending part. What's your take on that, B? Yeah, yeah. I, I find it quite tribal. Yes. <laughs> the, the, uh, you know, it's like enticing you. And uh, <laughs> I suppose because you've seen the video, you know that you're going to go running through the bush with him in a moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and the bells, thats it's not exotic, but it, it sort of really does work, doesn't it? It really yeah. adds to it. You just know that something special is about to happen. I reckon there's a couple of instruments that never go wrong in a song, church bells of some description and the good old cowbell. Uh, <laughs> so for me, uh, always a bit of a fan of those things. But uh, we will keep co- we, we will continue. So That I understand The hide and seek we play with facts Changes on demand To the nuts and bolts of the verse there, and then we hit a fantastic chorus B. And what's quite interesting there, it's probably the one sort of major chorus in Inexcess's career where it's a very strong female backup uh, vocal presence. Uh, Michael's vocals are turned down somewhat, and there's a sister act there. Uh, one of the girls, well, there's a girl called Shireen, another sister, her sister called Zan. Uh, one of them went on to front a band called Big Pig that had some uh, success in America and Australia. Uh, but, yeah, those female vocals kick in very strongly, don't they, during the chorus? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love the, I love the fact that the girls are actually quite prominent in this all the way through, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Before you get to the chorus, though, I'd just like to also say the strum of um, Kirk's guitar. I read somewhere that this is the first time that they'd actually use an acoustic guitar. Yes. Mm. And you see sort of in the video there, there's Kirk sort of sitting on the balcony of the old Queenslander there, um, you know, strumming away. And mm. I think later on, you're right, he goes on to use it, I think, in By My Side, in the clip and, in, and in, on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it was that more organic sort of natural sound, which, uh, you know, you correctly state there. Certain way I love the day in the light 
All right. Well, part of an interesting start to the verse there and, and, and I guess a continuation. Um, this really is sort of a love song, but a joyous, upbeat, uh, not sort of a ballad love song, but it's more of a uh, an anthemish, you know, uh, prolonged love song without the sort of the, the heartstrings being pulled. It seems like the, the joy of being in a relationship and, you know, lyrics like, you know, when you look that certain way and, you know, it really feels like an ode to someone he cares about. Unlike some of the songs that he puts out and he has all these strong desires and, you know, it's all very sexy. This one's quite, yeah, sort of very innocent, innocent yeah. love, would yeah. you say? And the fact that it's like a new love and he's not sure about it, but he's like, he is in love. Yeah. Well, well, I think if going back to the catalogue, I mean, Enix just hadn't at this stage released, you know, Listen Like Thieves or Axel Kick. So they were the three of us where they first really did a, a, uh, a laid out ballad. Like I think Shine Like It Does, Never Tear Us Apart and then By My Side were probably the three ballads off those sort of albums, you know, on a chronological level. But, you know, maybe again, he's only 24 years of age. He's still finding his way in the world. He's had some relationships. Yes. Uh, the bands have just come off, you know, uh, Shabu Shabar and um, maybe he's feeling an, uh, an ability to express himself lyrically in, in more detail, you know. And do you know much about keyboards? Because I read somewhere that this is a D7 keyboard. <laughs> yes, I think this is the only aspect of the song that's sort of dated a little bit or sounds, mm. you know, a little bit sort of of its time. Uh, it is 1984 and the keyboard synthing was going around and it is a bit pronounced. Um, I think in the live versions later on, they've replaced some of that sort of tinny keyboard sound with a bit more of a guitar. Um, but it is definitely keyboard centric in certain parts. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's like um, it's having a conversation with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you got this sort of interesting juxtaposition of the acoustic, natural, organic, and then this sort of synthy stuff, you know, from Andrew. So, but yeah, we'll go to the next section. Well, as I said, the second verse going to the chorus there, you know, again, a continuation, etc. Um, I think in the clip there, it really is quite a, a good part of the film clip there where we see an indigenous, indigenous lad, you know, um, uh, absolutely grooving along to the song. Um, and they do flash to the band, I think, in a canoe or a boat or whatever there, or, you know, out in the water and, and the backup singers. But you can really see Richard's flourishes uh, as a director. And mm -hmm. I, I compare this particular one, this film clip, a little bit to, I think, Weather With You and Mean To Me, which were, you know, two tracks from Crowded House. This, you know, the 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 artistic and the framing and the stills and everything there has some similarities there. But again, you know, that second chorus, you know, when you're a fan and, you know, we all love choruses, it's a really strong chorus, but, you know, with the female backup singers there. And I think that line, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, tilt, uh, tilt my hat at the sun, blah, 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 light me and I'll burn for you is such mm. a great lyric, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very yeah. good.
they've used their um, friends and family in the video as well. And even the kids are running around. It's beautiful. Now, the song's now going into, not plateauing at all, but it's going into this sort of almost the outro part of the song structure. Now, there's an interesting part between about 3 minutes 38 and 3 minutes 52 where I, when I play this loud, found myself at the same time humming to a different song. Well, I think I know what that is, so let me play it for the listeners. B, that was the go-go's our lips are sealed oh, okay oh, wow. so so uh when there's that bit talk about you know that's yes. a surprise yeah so there's this little bit of a similarity now just remember yeah. two years two years earlier a year earlier michael was touring you know with belinda mm-hmm. and i'm not saying this song's a lift it's just it just fits together now yeah you two are very good, and we did this a few months ago where we put um, you two adding the Never Tear Us Apart lyrics on top of this song called Bad, mm. which was played live in Australia. Well, uh, that little section there, we're going to sort of just jumble them up and compare them a little bit to each other because I find myself singing the uh, the Go-Go song as the lyrics in this little sort of instrumental feel okay. during this song. Yeah. So, right. so, so, yeah, I will try not bore the listeners by doing it, but it's just a little bit of a sonic similarity and the lyrics sort of fit in nicely to this in excess part of the song. Okay, let's go. We're coming that little uh, outro bit into the fast, well, sorry, the final little bit of a lyric there where they appear in London and I think it says population 8.5 million people. And Yeah, that would have been a shock to the system. Yes. Well, they do seem rather cold. Uh, they've come from northern Queensland to this sort of from the beachy tourist heat wave of Australia to here you go, boys. Welcome to the UK. You're starting again and we're going to throw this cold weather at you. <laughs> well, but, it's just such the extremes, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, but uh, it feels sort of very autobiographical in a way, doesn't it? It feels like this journey mm. of this Australian band going overseas. Now, they've, they've had the success in America, you know, from Shabu, but they're going into the UK. And as we mentioned last week, Chris saw this album being more of a UK possibility than the uh, Shabu album. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of commencing, embarking upon a new journey or a new chapter exactly. in their career. So mm. it has that autobiographical, uh, quite nostalgic component to it. Yeah, and, and documenting it all, I suppose, at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. I actually did like when the girls um, come in as the chorus and they say, don't stop it. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bring it home, B. Changes on demand.
fantasy that I desire. (laughs) Any of those seductive lyrics resonate with the ladies out there, don't they? Okay. (laughs) Now, a little bit of a statistical fact, B. Did you know the flip side song on this CD single, or sorry, well, this vinyl single at the time, do you know what the uh, B side was? No, tell me. Johnson's Aeroplane. Yes, I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Now you do. Now you do. Yeah, well, yeah, it's interesting, you know, if you were back in the day, 1984, picking up this double sort of uh, sided AB, you know, of, of, of Burn For You and Johnson's Aeroplane, and that was your first foray into knowing Johnson's Aeroplane, it's a pretty good, you know, investment and be one in your collection you would love to have, uh, which is pretty cool. But uh, um, I guess initial thoughts, B, takeaways from the song. Uh, hey, what's your feelings of the song now in 2022? Like you said, I think the keyboards do date it, but then I find it quite cutesy as well that, you know, yeah. it does take you back to the 80s. So I don't mind it really at all. Yeah. Um, I, I I love the um, the girls um, being part of it. I really wish they'd had more girls doing the backing vocals. And I think this was the first time they'd used Jenny Amaris as well, which right. they continued then to for Listen Like Thieves. The the um, video as well, being the first one that Lowenstein did with them. That's, yeah. It's really, I can't wait to hear his thoughts on that one at all. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the, the actual cover as well. It's quite a strange cover, isn't it? It's like. Well, I think Philip Morlock had a bit to do with that, didn't he? Okay. I think from our episode there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, around that particular time. But. Um, I think when I look at this particular song, this, this is a real standout song melodically, chorus, verse-wise. You know, it's a, you know, it's a nine and a half out of ten. And look, the keyboards, as I said, were a bit, bit, bit uh, of its era. Um, albeit, if you're going back with nostalgia, you know, you can appreciate them for what they were at the time. Um, I think the song itself stands out um, as a, quite a distinctive in excess song. Um, and showed a showcase for them. And when we say pivotal songs, which we're talking about, well, this broadened the palette. I think this opened up Michael, um, you know, uh, lyrically, et cetera, there, and emotionally to avail himself of, of what was inside him at the time and be able to, you know, connect with sort of a wider audience and just his inner self. Um, mm. As I said, it's it's sort of that sort of first foray into sort of lovey-dovey stuff without being too twee and trite. Yeah, I think so. And then at the end where it goes, <laughs> Yes, it has a rather sudden ending um, <laughs> uh, or a big sort of cacophony, um, not too dissimilar to send a message off the, uh, the same album yeah, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it had the same, uh, it had the same sort of uh, abrupt sort of sort of ending in a way, um, but yeah, I, I I look back with this, with this song with fondness, and uh, again, if you are an NXS fan who again aren't too au fait with the earlier stuff, and yet you don't know much about this, put it on three four times this week. Put it on the car. Put it on, you know, on the way, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, out in the morning on your headphones. You know, put it on while you're getting ready for a Friday night uh, social occasion. I reckon you listen to this four or five times, it's going to stick with you and you're going to love it. Um, just one side note, you're right about the female vocals, although I guess it wasn't until really their last album with Michael where, you know, on Elegantly Wasted, they got a lot more female backup yeah. vocalists, especially when they went and played live as well. So it's a good point you made there. Mm-hmm. All right, B, burn for you in the canon. Thank you, in excess. Thank you. This is Sheila from Birmingham, Alabama. This is Susan from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Maite from Montreal, Canada. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles, California. And that's a wrap. All right, B, that's a wrap. You know, another jam-packed week, although more to come. But uh, 
fan engagement. Has anyone tickled your fancy with fan engagement this last week? I had lots of people um, jump on to a post that I put up onto our Facebook page, which was let's celebrate 22, um, 22, 22, whatever it is. We've posted and get an excess song or lyric with the number two in it. Oh, we had loads and loads of comments, but yeah, I'll just read out a few of them. So yep. Nazim, she, she wrote, um, bring down the, the, the clock at two. Brilliant. That's why it was a really good one. Um, Two Worlds Colliding, Justine, thank you very much. Um, Matt, no one comes closer to you. (laughs) So um, we had um, Karen Peters, things have been dark for too long. (laughs) Danielle came out with a few. Learn to smile, to look at you and need you tonight. Manny, I want to want to sail a boat across the sea. What song is that from? Uh, I want to sail a boat across the sea. Would it be Horizons? It could be. I mean, there's obviously Full Moon Dirty Hearts, the song where it's into the deep blue sea, but I don't think that's it. Yeah, I think it's Horizons. Um, Who else? Melinda, when the love around begins to suffer and you can't find love in one one another, plush away those bitter tears, bitter tears. Where's the two in that? Oh, we'll let you off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Some of them are a little bit... uh, (laughs) Well, would it, I, I, it's funny, no one was able to put a, a lyric in for one by one, were they? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, I thought I'd throw this out, sort of question without notice. Uh, how are we going with the Mary Woods Funds Packs? Are there any more we've got? Uh, is there anything we need to promote on those? Because they're perennially asked for, aren't they? Yeah, know? yeah. We've had some more made up. So thank you very much, Mary. She's very busy over there in Mexico, um, sorting all these out for us. So thank you. So yes, we have some more. I know some of you are dying to get your hands onto them. We have made it easier for the Australian contingency over here that you can go onto eBay as well. So if you follow our eBay store, um, we're on in excess access all areas there. And the great thing about Mary is I saw she just got a 10,000-litre water tank in her back garden. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, well didn't done, that. Mary. Oh, let's all go like the, for a drink. <laughs> it looks like the Tower of Pisa, the way she's filmed it, you know, in her back garden. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, with the fun packs, just for listeners who don't know, it's basically a, a sort of a kit full of... Are you calling them a fun pack? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're a fun pack. Oh, I've got... Yeah, but I call it a fun pack, a fan pack. You know, it's fun and fanny. Yeah. It just shows you you've got children. Yeah, true, true. Uh, but you know, it's got all these things in there, such as stickers and you know, photos of the band and 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 signed off sort of memorabilia and things and plectrums and a bunch of everything in there. Like it's a bit of a, uh, a, a, a an amalgam of everything that you would want to have in record. And also, um, I think it's up on some of our platforms. So if you want to open up, I guess our website and some of the areas, you'll see it in its uh, in its detail. Yeah, and, and at the moment we're giving away a free um, pick with um, Michael's like, signature on it, so they're very nice. And Paul Jolie was very excited that he received his. Did you see that? Yes. He couldn't wait. He was very excited. And we do want a big, a big shout-out to Michael and fan engage, Michael Hutchins last week, who who last week uh, acknowledged our access all areas. Oh, yeah. Sort of, uh, thank clever, you, Michael. Wasn't it? Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Yes, definitely. Um, also, don't forget, you get a fan pack. You get a little fan pack from In Excess Access All Areas when you become a patron. We, we definitely are looking to have more patrons that just allow us to do more of what we do and stuff like that. 
uh, such as the bus tour and reinvesting in merchandise material and, and stuff for you as fans. Um, so, uh, you know, at the moment, from a patron point of view, as little as $5 a month or upwards of, you know, 50 bucks a month, you can contribute through all of our uh, socials and platforms and join. And I know Carrie-Anne looks after a lot of the onboarding of the, of the uh, uh, patrons B. Is that right? Yes, there's lots of digital goodies, as she calls them, coming your <laughs> way. Mm. Yeah. Now, in terms I've also put down here, on the website, uh, from a, a merchandise sort of point of view, okay, is there any sort of uh, product lines or anything else that people can be uh, looking at acquiring, B? Well, on there at the moment, we've got some T-shirts and singlets. We've also got some fridge, fridge magnets and bumper stickers. But watch this space. Just keep looking, guys. Something exciting is coming very okay. soon. Well, as we sort of said earlier, you know, this week's going to be song week and we've got four more iconic tracks that are going to be coming out over the next sort of four or five days. So we're very pumped about that. Um, however, we're going to go with our tribute song today, obviously, which is a bit linked to, I guess, the song Burn For You. It's actually a dance reinterpretation, I think, by a guy called Andy Van. He's a famous DJ in Melbourne. And the actual song version of Burn For You, it's sort of a cover slash uh, remix. But the actual version, I've actually bought this on CD single a few years ago, B. Uh, and the song itself is called Tilt My Hat. And it's a fantastic dance version of Burn For You. So it's a bit like Tall Paul did a, a, a cover mm -hmm. of, of Never Tear Us Apart, calling it Precious Heart. So it was like a DJ going remixing it. But this this was quite big around the club scene, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So we're going to go out with uh, Andy Van's Tilt My Hat as a tribute to Burn For You, a great song that's grown in its iconic stages over the journey. Um, we know a lot of, uh, I said, Northern Hemisphere listeners and things have picked up on it once, you know, Kick came out. They went back to the swing and discovered this little gem. But uh, as we always say at the NB, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody.